athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You're locked into the dopest show on radio. This is Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Wow, what a week. What a crazy week. I really, you know, we've been preaching about going out and voting. I hope you were able to go out and exercise your right to vote. I, I tell you what, I mean, that that has been what has dominated the news for the entire week. And it's been crazy. Like, <laughs> I had already voted a couple of weeks ago, but as the... Uh, you know, returns started to come in. And of course, we're here in the state of North Carolina. So, you know, a lot was going on with the Senate race and a lot of the other races as well. But of course, that presidential race. And I mean, you look at the next couple of days with respect to the presidential race. And it was absolutely crazy, like absolutely no announcement uh, for a couple of days. And so, I mean, you know, still, still. You know, still, I mean, you still have some some ballots that need to be counted in. I mean, it's just I've never seen anything like this before. And so I I tell you what, this has been (laughs) it has just been so crazy. I think what we're going to do today here on the program, we're going to we're going to kind of get away from that a little bit today on the program. Get your minds off of that. We're going to talk some sports today here on Box to Row and a lot of sports to talk about as well. As a matter of fact, and I'm going to set the table for you on the program. I'm going to set the table in terms of our guests today here on the program. But with that being said, I mean, we got a big-time college football game Saturday night, primetime, Notre Dame hosting Clemson. Game's going to be on NBC. Of course, Notre Dame has its own deal with NBC's had it for a number of years. The a matter of fact, the only score is why it's independent. Like, yeah, Notre Dame is playing in the ACC this year, football wise, but that's why Notre Dame is independent. Probably the most, I mean, we talk about the history of college football uh, and the long history of college football. Like you can't talk about college football without talking about Notre Dame. Again, it's own its own television deal with NBC and, of course, uh, this year in the ACC. So perhaps this is going to be a preview of the ACC championship. No Trevor Lawrence for the Tigers this week. DJ Uagalele, I hope I said that correctly. I mean, got off to the slow start 
I thought it was going to be a blowout. Like, even without Trevor Lawrence, I mean, you look at Clemson. Clemson's got so many weapons offensively. Not only that, it's got a lot of – I mean, it's got a really good defense. Boston College came to play, and Clemson had to come back to win that football game. It's a close game. And I think, you know, I think what Dabo Sweeney did to say Ugalele – Hopefully I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, it's going to be the starting quarterback moving forward against Notre Dame. I think it's a good move. Again, I think when you're looking at the committee, and we talked about this last week, no Trevor. I mean, I you know, I mean, does the committee look at it like, okay, maybe, you know, I, I don't know if Trevor Lawrence would have been able to play anyway, but I think the committee still would look at it if, no, if, if Clemson loses this game, okay, didn't have their best quarter their best player best quarterback my my thing is though you have so many other weapons and what we saw from the quarterback play against Boston College was solid so I don't know how the committee would look at that I mean the bottom line is if you're Clemson like you got to win this football game I mean when you look at Notre Dame I mean Notre Dame is in a position a position that it hasn't been in quite in quite some time to be part of the I mean later in the season and remember the season is short this year to be in the conversation for the college football playoffs so we're going to see how things ultimately shake out big time football game Saturday night NBC 730 Eastern don't miss it you know and again Pac-10 also the Pac-10 begins football play this weekend you know one of the interesting games like I watched that Oklahoma State game last week. And listen, Oklahoma State had its opportunity, okay? Blew an opportunity to be part of the conversation for the college football playoff. Again, you look at one of these two teams losing. At the time, Oklahoma State ranked number six in the in the conf, in the the uh, country. Now they become more part of the conversation or would have been had they won the game last week after this uh, this game between Clemson and Notre Dame. Well, guess what? Ultimately, Oklahoma State blows it. I mean, had the prime opportunity to be part of the conversation. Absolutely blew it last week. And really, give Texas a lot of the credit. Like, I think you have to give Texas a lot of the credit. An overtime game. But, I mean, Texas is not nowhere near part of the conversation at least this year in terms of the college football playoff and here Texas or here Oklahoma State at the time uh, you know couldn't even get it done ranked number six at the time has dropped all the way to number uh, 14 but I mean you got some decent matchups this week I mean I think and when you're looking at the schedule I mean you look at Florida at Georgia, I mean, that's going to be a pretty big-time football game. Uh, you know, I mean, you're talking about two teams still in the hunt for the college football playoff as well. Out of the SEC should be a big-time game. Excuse me, that game is actually going to be in Jacksonville. It's that 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 Florida and Georgia matchup, man. That's going to be a big-time, like, and I'm glad that's a 3:30 game, so – uh, I'm going to be able to get to see a little bit of that game. Got something, some other things uh, to do. Daughter's got a softball game. As a matter of fact, about an hour and a half away. 
But I'm gonna keep I'm gonna be keeping my eye on that game. Probably be back in time to watch the second half, and definitely back in time. I'm gonna be watching that Clemson and Notre Dame game again. Loser that Florida Georgia game pretty much out of the running for the college football playoff. Again, as I mentioned, Pac-12 getting it rocking and rolling this weekend. Stanford going to be at number 12, Oregon. You know, another matchup to watch, Michigan at uh, number 13, Indiana. Like Michigan, boy, I tell you, Michigan, man, they just, it, it just, I don't know. Like couldn't beat Michigan State. And I know the Wolverines fans have got to be absolutely going out of their minds right now. Michigan can't even not can't even be but I like you got to win that's like you got to win that football game if you're the Wolverine so you know that's a game you got to kind of keep your eye on because it's a game that has two ranked opponents um so that's it I mean that's that's the only uh a couple of games where they're going to be ranked opponents uh playing college football this weekend so you know, as we continue here on the program, I'm going to set the table for you in terms of our guests momentarily. The National Football League. So let so the National Football League has decided, uh, and rightfully so, I think. Again, you have these COVID-19 cases. It's still a dangerous situation. But, I mean, when you look at the totality of things, and again, I'm a guy, like, I don't want one person to, to get the coronavirus. I don't want to know. I don't want anybody to know what that feels like. I don't want to know what that feel like. What it feels like. That being said, I mean the numbers are relatively low, and so what the NFL has now mandated is that masks be worn by the players pregame, halftime, and postgame. And then, I mean, they're not mandating that the masks be warned when you're not in the game, but they're encouraging that masks be worn. So should college football do the same thing? We're going to start to see the MEAC and the SWAC and the rest of the FCS programs. Uh, Hopefully we'll see uh, those programs. I know we talked extensively about, you know, Bethune-Cookman and the cancellation of, uh, of the season of athletics and then Hampton has canceled its athletic season with the exception of basketball, both men's and women's basketball still going uh, to be in play. But should college football adopt the same policy as the national football league? I mean, I, I mean, definitely like, why wouldn't we, um, you know, to keep the players as safe as you possibly can, like you got to do these preventative measures you're not going to be able to keep the players totally safe, but you got to you got to be able you got to you know keep them as safe as possible. And I'm all for college football having a, uh, a mask wearing pregame, halftime, and postgame. Before we go to break, Sean Connery passing away at the age of 91 of the premier actors of our time. North Carolina A&T head men's basketball coach Will Jones is up next. This is Michael Vick. Look under center, takes the snap, play action, stands in the end zone, puts out to the goal line, lost it deep down the right sideline for Jackson, and it's caught! Vick takes the snap, looking to run up the middle, gets to the end zone, dives in, touchdown! And you listen to From the Press Box to Press Row. Hey, Mommy, what you doing? 
Just doing some online shopping. Great. While you're at it, can you order an original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky? Of what? An original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky. It's really good, Mommy. Dad let me try some, and I ate the entire bag, and I was hoping you could help me replace it before he notices. Why would you eat all of Dad's beef jerky? Mommy, I couldn't help myself. Marjorie's beef jerky is so good, and Daddy says it's good for you. Well, it sounds like we had better buy two bags to avoid this from happening again. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. Or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. The old renaissance is the new renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Salt Box, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. From the Press Box to Press Row and BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. Let's keep things going here on From the Press Box to Press Row and on the line with Jordan by Gentleman, who's in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina a As a matter of fact, just had uh, back in the summer, the interim tag removed, had an outstanding year uh, on last year as the Aggies came in second place in the MEAC. Will Jones, again, the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Jones, welcome to the program. Man, happy to be here. I'm excited. Makes me think, man, basketball season right around the corner. I, I know. Did it seem like – did you think we would get to this point? You know, uh, when it started, you know, man, will we ever get here? But now that we're here, I feel like uh, I just told the guys that, you know, we, we weren't playing in our second-round game at the MEAC tournament. So time has flown, and I'm, I'm, the guys are excited. I'm excited. and We just want to get back on the court. Yeah, just take us through how things ended uh, at the at the MEAC tournament. Uh, for you guys, uh, uh, not not well, I guess in essence last year, but really just back in March. You know, man, I mean, uh, the Aggies were playing some good basketball. The Aggies were playing some good basketball, um, you know, off a great win in the first round versus Howard. And, you know, I think we were poised to win three in a row. And so, uh, you know, win three in a row and, and, and get the Aggies back to the tournament. But, uh, you know, that story ended, you know, with COVID, and, and now we got to start all over, and I like our chances again. Yeah. What is What have things been like, you know, since COVID in terms of the interaction 
that you've had with your players prior to actually being able to go back on the court? I guess that started, what, back in September? Man, you know, it started and, you know, it really started in the summer. And uh, we had we had an opportunity to have our guys on campus for the summer for three weeks. But even before July, just, man, you know, a lot of Zoom meetings and trying to keep these guys together, all these guys, all the players. This is a real-life situation. This COVID was a real shock, and it's still a shock to these guys' system because, um, you know, this virus and what we're dealing with as a country and as a nation and as a world is real. It doesn't have any favorites. The game plan has got a great game plan for us. They're not allowing us to get in the paint. And so it's hard to get a win against this virus. But, you know, we're going to have to come together somehow and figure this thing out so that we can, we can go back to, to living the lives that we like to, man. But the guys, they, they, they've dealt with it. They've been um, – they've they stuck together. It's been tough for them. But we just try to encourage them. Will Jones is the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T in his second season. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Let me take you back to December, the the latter part, as a matter of fact, of December of 2019. You were informed, in essence, that you would become the new head men's basketball coach maybe a day or so before uh, your first game. Take us through that. What was sort of going through your mind uh, when you were notified that uh, you would be, in fact, the leader of this program, at least through the rest of uh, of of nineteen twenty, man, it's, it's, it was a, really a whirlwind to be honest with you because um, you know we were we're a team that was poised, I believe, to to really to to really be coming into our own around that December time, going into league play, and um, you know as an assistant coach, you know you just kind of you're, you're rolling with whatever the head coach tell you to do and, and doing your part, and I think that um, you know Coach Joyner was able to you know give me some responsibilities. So that the transition um, to to having these guys feel comfortable to go out and play would be uh, pretty, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty easy. And I think the guys did a good job with that. Um, Our staff, the other assistants did a good job with that. And I think because everybody was on the same synergy, uh, we were able to not really miss a beat and really get better as we went down down the road, you know, playing in the conference. Yeah, and we'll talk more about Cameron Langley. He's an absolutely phenomenal player, led NCAA Division I uh, in assists. I mean, did having athletes enable you to be able to do that? Guys like Andre Jackson and Quay Parker and, you know, Ronald Jackson, Devin Hague. I mean, these guys were athletes that maybe allowed you uh, to be able to open up and just go out and play. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always a luxury to have guys that can play above the rim and run and get up and down the floor. Um, and, and I think, we, you know, it's all about your recruiting. I think we recruited some good players. And uh, those guys, like I said, they really latched on to – it's tough to change a style of play in the middle of the year. And um, I think, you know, we were able to systematically do it. We didn't put everything on them in, in one week or not, you know, one, one or two weeks. So – you know, by the time we got into, you know, that second round, man, we were really – I think we had a lot of gas left in the tank going into the MEAC tournament. I don't think we had even reached our potential, our tipping point, you know, and I think we would have been, you know, playing really good at that point. Will Jones, again, is the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T, joins us here on the program as the Aggies prepare uh, for the upcoming season. So, I mean, it, tough – you know, it was in Durham. It's a good basketball game, great atmosphere – Unfortunately, you fall in that game. It was for the MEAC. 
uh, championship. When you reflect on that game, what goes through your mind and then what ultimately uh, most uh, most stood out to you from that game that you could take moving forward into this upcoming season? You know, um, you know, the North Carolina trip, you know, North Carolina A&T, North Carolina Central, uh, we're travel partners uh, in, in those games, winning on those home courts was tough. I mean, you got to be mentally tough to go into North Carolina Central and North Carolina A&T and win a game. Both teams didn't lose a game at home in conference play um, last year. I don't believe, I may be mis- mis- mistaken, but um, I know we, we didn't lose a game here in conference. But, you know, looking back at that game, um, you know, Quay, Quay Parker got hurt uh, at South Carolina State, um, I think two days before. Quay was playing big time basketball for us and and you need toughness and defense to go into a North Carolina Central and come out with a win on their home court. Um Tyler May did an unbelievable job in helping us pick up the scoring load in that game. But I think again that game comes down to toughness and grit and I think not having Quay out there um in that game um and having to adjust to him not being there in those couple of days really hurt us. But I think, you know, the culture there at Central is something that they've built. And you got to be strong. You know, sometimes it has nothing to do with talent. It has more so to do with the culture. And you you got to do everything right to go into somebody's home to get that done. But looking back at it, we led the majority of the game. And I think we can point out some mistakes that we could have corrected, some things I could have done better to make sure that we could have kept that league. But, um, you know, it would have been a, a great opportunity to be regular season champions. And, and I think our guys wanted an opportunity to um, play play that third game in the MEAC tournament. But we're excited about this last year in the MEAC and also going into the Big South the following year to compete against um, some of those teams in that league. Yeah, tell us, tell the national audience about – some guy, I don't know, some guy named Cameron Langley. All he did was lead the lead the Division One in assists last year. When you have an opportunity to uh, coach a guy that's going to be, by the time his career is over, um, you know, he has maybe another year to come back based on the COVID um, eligibility um, ruling. Um, it's unbelievable to watch a kid that's grown from a freshman to now his senior year, his leadership, how he sees the game. Um, how he's encouraging and making sure guys are where they're supposed to be. Um, Cameron's one of the best players in the country. I think one magazine I named him one of the top 150 college basketball players in the country. And so to to have that honor, to have that kid, that type of kid on your team, that's bringing everybody else up to that level with them is, is, is kind of special, man. And I'm really proud of Cam and happy um, to be, you know, his coach. Yeah, what do you? What did he learn? I know he declared for the draft. Ultimately, came back. You know, what what did he learn from that particular process? You know, um, everybody. You know, this year, a lot of the players who um, had an opportunity to declare for the draft. You know, I, you know, they went through a process in terms of training. Most of them, you know, in their in their hometowns or you know in, in their areas that they could, could get into a gym based on the, the, the COVID deal. Uh, but they didn't get a chance to really, really experience uh, that NBA draft, uh, you know, that, that, that combine experience because they couldn't visit those facilities. But um, I think just, you know, ha- having 
the opportunity to be taken seriously, putting your name in the draft. Um, you know, this this kid Cam led the country in assists. He's one of the best assist guys in the country, regardless of level, BCS, mid-major, low-major, and that's special. Yeah, a couple of last thoughts, uh, Coach Jones, and we appreciate the time. So, I mean, you've got some, you know, Cam comes back, got some players, Fred Cleveland, uh, you know, Parker. I mean, you got some players coming back, but you've lost uh, quite a few players um, as well. So what what is this uh, 2021 edition of the Aggies look like in terms of your style? Does the style stay the same? Does it change a little bit now and again that you're, you know, you've sort of had that interim tag removed and now that you're the guy? Uh, Aggie basketball. We're gonna play fast. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna run. Uh, we're gonna get up and down. We're gonna defend. Uh, that's who we are. And so we're gonna recruit to that base. And this twenty uh, twenty team is going to resemble um, a lot of what we did last year, um, and hopefully uh, make it look a little bit better. And so um, hopefully we can stay healthy. Hopefully we can stay you know stay keep guys on the floor in terms of you know health. And um, and just have some fun out there and play. Um, you know, we got a full roster. Uh, you know, really excited about the development of the guys that's coming back and the new guys. Blake Harris, a transfer that sat out last year for us. Um, you know, that's like having uh, Cam Langley out there um, and his twin. You know, just a little bit taller. Um, another pass first point guard that can score also. Really excited to see what he's going to do. Uh, really excited about a couple of junior college transfers that we have um, in the post that can that can you know give us some um, explosive uh, plays at the rim and shoot the ball from three. And, um, and so we're ready um, to see these guys on the floor. It's just sad that um, you know we just got to go through all these protocols to to do it. And so we'll see what happens in the next twenty days. Yeah, and of course Blake Harris is a is an NC State transfer. Will Jones again in his second season as the head men's basketball coach. And North Carolina A&T joins us here on From the Press Box, the press row to talk a little Aggie basketball. Coach Jones, I appreciate the time. Look forward to seeing you uh, and the Aggies this season. Hey, man, I appreciate it, man. Anytime I can hang out with you, man, it's always good. You always got the big-time people on your line, man. So uh, look forward to seeing seeing you too. Hey, well, having you on is another big-timer, man. We appreciate it. All right, now. Thanks. You got it, Coach Jones. Still to come here on the program Cam Curl gets the start at safety for the Washington football team. He'll join us to talk about it. But up next, my picks for week nine in the National Football League. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be taking uh, you know, shit for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. He's Chadwick Bozeman and he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You are, in fact, a graduate. What do you remember most about your days at Howard? Howard is like one of those experiences where... <laughs> You know it's a it's a bubble. You know it's a it's a special moment. Like I had some great teachers. Felicia Rashad was one of my teachers. You know, I just remember being nurtured to respect black writers, black directors, black actors, as well as the classics. So you got the full scope of what you should experience, and I think that's unique to Howard. I just love the fact that 
they respected the full scope of it. Kiki Palmer joining us here on the program. I, I've come in a lot of different ways. I think I've definitely grown as far as my age progression, and that shows that I've literally grown, I guess, on screen, and people have seen me from, you know, a young kid to coming of age into an adult, and I feel like slowly but surely they're not taking that Aquila memory out their head, but realizing Aquila also has, you know, has grown up. I don't ever want to be typecasted as just the weed hosting girl. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. Got the voice, of course, of T.I. It's some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. Yeah, and if that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be the first nor the worst. But, you know, you got to stay down with the home team, you know. No, nah, no question. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're, they're not doing too well right now. Well, like <laughs> you know what I mean. We gotta, hey, 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 look, man, we gotta, we gotta hold it down so we can, so we can get it back right again. <laughs> that is the voice of Maria Taylor, ESPN college sports analyst. College Game Day is a show that I grew up watching, a, a show that I've always loved. I knew that when I was um, able to join, I was more than excited. I found out the same week as I turned thirty. And it's just something that I never dreamed I would be a part of, but something that I'm so thankful to have under my belt have done for an entire season. There's nothing like it, honestly. Hello, I'm Josh Stone, and I'm here chatting to Donald on Thunder Press Box to Press Roll. Kimber Walker. There's a lot more poise now. You know, um, the game is slowed down, so you know I kind of know what to expect. You know, I've been watching a lot of film on our offense and, you know, what plays I can make. You know, I'm just trying to make the best plays possible. When I draw a second defender to me, um, I know my job is done. I'm trying my best to find the open guy. You know, the difference is guys are making shots. That's been the biggest difference. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up with Sam just because I wanted to major in business. And Sam, you had the illustrious school of business. And, I mean, I played high school basketball, but... At one point, my career kind of rounded off because I got injured and I wasn't getting as much playing time, so I became impatient. I went to school first, starting off with general studies, then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. I got into the school of business, and it was definitely a great learning experience for me. She's regarded as the best gymnast in the world. She's Simone Biles, the ESPN Swimsuit Edition. Actually, really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Ali had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, I've run the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body and we hope that other young girls and women might feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Mine was just like beauty, but also showing muscles. Like I feel like when little girls look at that, they'll think it's okay to have muscles and be beautiful and like sexy at the same time in a good manner. And I think that's what we got across, hopefully. It was great. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm-hmm. He called all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have gone to Division One. WWE champion Alexa Bliss. How does one go from being a cheerleader as you were at the Division One level at to being the WWE champion? <laughs> well, 
Well, uh, after I appeared in Akron, my uh, trainer had told me that WWE was having a tryout, so and they knew I was a fan. So I went online and I submitted a video to WWE.com. Um, I didn't think anything would come of it, but then I was called and given a tryout. And then after I tried out, I was signed to NXT, and it just kind of became a roller coaster from there. So we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi Valley? State University. <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought awareness to the school. And after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant. Radio. Let's talk some National Football League here on From the Press Box to Press Row Week 9 and my predictions for Week 9. Went 8-5 and five last week. Not bad. Like, it's not great, but it's not you know, it's not bad Either so, feeling feeling pretty good, um, and really in all of these weeks have done reasonably well. So let's look at the Week Nine schedule. Of course, on Thursday, the Packers and the 49ers got together. So we'll kick things off with the Texans and the Jaguars. Interestingly enough, both of these teams are coming off bye weeks. Both of these teams are struggling. I would say that the Texans are struggling more because this was a team that was supposed to be pretty good this year. Obviously, Bill O'Brien is out early in the season as the head coach um, and and Deshaun Watson. and But again, if I'm looking, and, and really both of these teams have made in the offseason moves that were head scratchers. The Jaguars with Leonard Fournette and then ultimately uh, the Texans uh, with DeAndre Hopkins. So, you know, head scratchers for both. I think from a talent perspective, I think, you know, the Texans are probably in a little bit better position than the Jaguars are currently. Um, the game is going to be in Jacksonville. I, I think the Texans defense is going to show up uh, a little bit in this game, a little bit more. I think it's going to be a competitive football game. Two struggling football teams. I'm going to go with the Texans in this game. The Giants are at the Washington football team. And this is a game going back a couple of three weeks ago or so because you have the Washington football team that is, in fact, coming off a bye, had the victory going back a couple of weeks ago against the Cowboys. Uh, Meanwhile, you know, the Giants – coming off a tough loss on Monday night football to Tampa Bay. So, I mean, when I look at the Washington football team, I, 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 you know, a good game, really. The Cowboys are struggling. Like, in, in all of the talk after that game was how bad the Cowboys are struggling. And, and really, I think you have to give Washington a lot of credit. I thought Kyle Allen played well at the quarterback position. The Washington football team was finally able to, to run the football. And then the defense, 
uh, really came around. I mean, I realize the Cowboys aren't great in, uh, of course, knocking out uh, Andy Dalton in that game. I thought Washington had control of that game even before Andy Dalton. And that was a cheap shot, by the way, uh, by Bostick of the Washington football team. Listen, the Giants, the problem with the Giants, I think, Daniel Jones is not playing well at all. They have some problems on the offensive side of the football, but I think the Giants are pretty good defensively. I think the only reason in my mind that the Washington football team lost this game a couple of weeks ago was because Ron Rivera decided to go for two points. I think if you let that play out, the defense is playing well. I think the, the Washington football team ultimately could have won in overtime game is in Washington no fans but I'm going with the Washington football team in this game the Colts and the Ravens so had a chance to watch that Ravens and Steelers game last week because as a Washington football fan I'm into the game and you you know this by your own with respect to your own team if your own team is playing you're going to be into that game and not watch some of the other games that are going on but because the Washington football team was not playing. I got a chance to really sit down and watch that Ravens and Steelers game. Boy, the Raven, the, the Steelers are really, 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 really good uh, defensively and offensively. I thought the Ravens, uh, you know, had an opportunity to win that game. That's uh, that's a game with the two best teams, uh, or two of the best teams, I should say, in the AFC. Obviously, you have to uh, put the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in that category. Meanwhile, and and. And, by the way, the Steelers did a good job on Lamar Jackson. Like, Lamar Jackson, it seems to me that Harbaugh and company trying to make Jackson more of a pocket passer at times when he really needs to be a guy that can do his thing. They need to let him make plays a little bit more and throw, I think, uh, more. I think it needs to be more 50-50. They're trying to make him more of a pocket passer. I saw that. Uh, at least in my opinion, in the uh, uh, Pittsburgh game. Meanwhile, the Colts are coming off a big win, uh, right? And 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 Phillip Rivers obviously having his, uh, I think, I mean, I would say it probably was one of his best games of the season. I mean, the the, the Colts just routed the Lions. And by the way, I, I you know, I sort of, you know, I missed that game. Uh, Darius Leonard being back obviously makes a huge, huge difference for this Colts defense, no question about it. I just think that the Ravens are good both defensively. I think Lamar Jackson bounces back. This game is in Indianapolis, but I'm going to go with the Ravens in this football game. The Vikings and the Lions. Boy, Vikings proved me wrong a little bit last week, uh, being able to get a, a victory and a nice victory, that is, against Green Bay. Um, the Lions, again, I thought the Lions... I thought that they, you know, coming off the victory going back a couple of weeks ago that they could, you know, sort of hang with the Colts but probably took a little bit of a step backwards. I don't know. Like, I'm not ready. This is a North, obviously an NFC North division matchup, one in which, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with with Green Bay and Chicago. Like, it's still up for grabs, I think, in the NFC North. Um, You know, the Lions, eh. I'm going to go with the Vikings in this game. Like, I think, you know, they have a little bit more skilled positions. I think when you look at that running game of the Vikings, I think it really came to life last week. And I'm going to go with the Vikings in that football game. The Bears and the Titans. So the Bears coming off a much-needed bye. So the Bears really needed 
that bye week. Meanwhile, the Titans, you know, I would say the Titans coming off a surprising loss to the Bengals. Like, we shouldn't be surprised the way that Joe Burrow is playing, but the Titans are taking a little bit, of, like, like the Titans are taking a little bit of a step back these last, you know, couple of two, three weeks uh, or so. But the Bears, I mean, they have, what, the 5-3 and three record? Uh, you know, Nick Foles, I mean, I think the bye week should help. Uh, but I think the Titans are going to get back to what the Titans do, running that football uh, downhill with Derrick Henry playing some pretty good defense. Um, the Bears really, really need this win to continue to propel themselves in the NFC Northern Division uh, along with the Packers. I just don't think they're going to get the win this week. I have the Titans winning that game in Nashville. The Chiefs and the Panthers. So the Panthers had reeled off three straight victories and uh, then ultimately uh, have now lost to even the record at three and three. Now they've lost two in a row and, and most notably last Thursday to Atlanta. So they're going to have a couple of more days to try and regroup. Listen, the Chiefs are really, really good. Um, listen, I, 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 I like where the Panthers are. I like what the Panthers are doing. They've had some injuries, obviously, with Christian McCaffrey, and that's limited them, I think, in some respects. Teddy Bridgewater has been decent. Like, he started out slow, you know, then started to heat up a little bit, eh, slowing down, but I think he's evening out, but he's a good quarterback. But I just don't think the Panthers have the firepower to hang with the Chiefs. I've got the Chiefs winning that game in Cincinnati. The Bills and the Seahawks. This is an interesting game because – when I look at the Seahawks, the Seahawks had a, you know, a, a solid win. Like that's a solid win by the Seahawks over the 49ers, right? That's a, that's a West NFC West division matchup. And, and again, a rebounding victory for the, uh, for, for the, the Seahawks, uh, in that game. Meanwhile, I look at the bills, uh, and I predicted that the bills would beat the Patriots and the bills ultimately did, but it just took, a fumble by Cam Newton as the Bills were the, the Patriots Patriots were driving late to try and tie the game and just and and really an inexcusable. I mean, it's a good play. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, if you're Cam, like you got to hold on uh, to that football. I, you know, it just seems to me a good win by the Bills. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from the Bills and their victory, but it seems to me like the Bills are just regressing. Just a little bit. Meanwhile, again, the Seahawks bounce back with a nice win over the 49ers. Russell Wilson looks really, really good. The defense seems to sort of be coming around for Seattle. I've got the Seahawks in Buffalo. The Broncos and the Falcons. Boy, you think the Falcons, I mean, the Falcons now won a couple of games. You got to watch out a little bit for the Falcons to change uh, in coaching. Raheem Morris now, uh, the interim head coach, in Atlanta, you know, I, I like the way, like, I like the way that the Broncos are starting to play. Like, I think the Broncos are starting to sort of, sort of what I'm seeing from the Broncos. Decent defense, uh, you know, uh, they, they, they've got to be a little bit more consistent on the offensive side of the football. I just think that the Falcons right now are, are playing well. They're hot. This is what we expected to see uh, from the Falcons, and I'm going to pick the Falcons in Atlanta. The Chargers and the Raiders. Raiders coming off that 16-6 victory over the Browns. 
on last week. That's a nice victory for the Raiders. When you look at the Chargers, I mean, the Chargers were in a, you know, they, they, they had an opportunity to win that game against the Broncos, couldn't get it done, but you can see that the, the Chargers are able to move the football. Um, they're able to put some points on the board. They've got the rookie quarterback uh, that's in there that's slinging it all over uh, the field. You know, this is a tough game because you never know what to expect from the Raiders. Like, the Raiders have been very inconsistent. They've won maybe some games they shouldn't have won and lost some games. Maybe they shouldn't have lost. They've been very inconsistent um, games in L.A. I'm going to go with the Chargers over the Raiders uh, in this football game. The Dolphins and the Cardinals. So, uh, Tua Tunga by Loa. Plays last week. He throws for less than 100 yards. At the end of the day, though, the Dolphins win that football game. The Dolphins uh, played well defensively. The Dolphins are sort of starting to come around. I'm going to be interested to see the next step that Tunga Bailoa takes because, again, as I as I continue to say, a quarterback plays one game, and it wasn't like he had an, a spectacular game. Now you have film on that quarterback, and I think that's an advantage for the Cardinals, not to mention the Cardinals offense is playing pretty well. Kyler Murray, I mean, a little bit up and down to start, but I think you're starting to see the Cardinals sort of come around more consistently offensively. Behind Murray's got some some good receivers. And by the way, that Cardinals defense I think is pretty good uh, as well. I think the Cardinals win that football game in Arizona. The Cowboys and the Steelers, I mean, I don't know if there's much to discuss here. Um, the Steelers are undefeated. Uh, best team in the league. I've got the, the Cowboys are a mess. Uh, going with a backup quarterback. I got the Steelers in that game. Saints and the Buccaneers. That's a good football game right here. Um, I, you know, the Saints are a little bit inconsistent for me. Like, I, I you know, I, I like, I, I, you know, I like the way the Buccaneers are playing right now. I like the way Tom Brady's playing right now. But more importantly, I like the way the Buccaneers defense behind Leslie Frazier as the defensive coordinator. Played his college football, of course, at Alcorn State. I like the Buccaneers in that game. And then finally, the Patriots and the Jets. Could this be the week that the Jets get their first victory of the season? No. Uh, the Patriots are struggling. There's no question about it. Cam looked good for the time that he was until he fumbles the ball at the end. And that's coming off the, the previous week when he didn't look so good. So I don't know if they can progress and he can continue to progress the Patriots may have a little bit of something. They're not, you know, they're not going to win the AFC East this year. Perhaps they could get an at, an a, a berth to the playoffs. That's you know that remains to be seen. But I don't think the Jets are good at all. And I've got the Patriots in New Jersey. Your thoughts? Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row B O X T O R O W, or on Facebook B O X the number two. R-O-W up next here on the program. Washington football team starting safety, Cam Curl. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitby, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh market in North Carolina and Virginia. 
Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's, and in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. We track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Let's continue here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman who in this year's National Football League draft, seventh round draft pick out of Arkansas by the Washington football team. He's going to get his first start at safety this Sunday against the Giants as Cam Curl joins us here on Box to Row. Cam, welcome to the program. Appreciate y'all for having me. Absolutely. It's an honor, and we're glad to have you. I just want to kind of get your thoughts on the Washington football team's season to this point. Uh, I feel like it's probably not been the season we wanted record-wise, but coming off that win against the Cowboys, coming off this bye week, I feel like we're just going to keep uh, elevating, keep going up and getting better. Yeah, we, you know, if you're in now, now you haven't been in. So what was your experience like? with the Washington football team and Cowboys rivalry prior uh, to coming to Washington? Um, I, I wasn't, I didn't know much about it, but, you know, growing up, my dad ain't really never liked the Cowboys. So it's always been a little uh, hate towards the Cowboys in my household. <laughs> so didn't it make it more special when uh, the Washington football team uh, drafted you, uh, you know, some uh, several months ago. Yeah, it made it special. It made it a little intense because I got um, more family members that's Cowboys fans too, though. Oh, okay. So, what did your dad say? What did your dad say? Uh, he was happy. He was happy that you know I was going to one of the Cowboys rivals. You know, and then since we beat him uh, this past game, it was it was even more special for him. That had something to do with. Yeah, speak to that. I mean, I think I think that's a great point. Obviously, Landon Con- Collins goes down with the Achilles injury. He is out uh, for the season. You got significant playing time, and as a matter of fact, going to start on Sunday against the Giants. We'll talk more about that. But what about not only the win uh, for the Washington football team over the Cowboys, but your role uh, in particular? Can you speak to that? Um, I mean, going into the game. Uh, I was I was in you know, special teams and dime packets, and then that unfortunate play happened. So I had to go in there and you know uh, fill in real quick and not you know let the defense lose a step. You know I ain't, I don't never want to see that happen to a player. Like it was an opportunity for me, but I ain't never wanted it to happen like that. No. No, definitely understood. And, and how do you feel like you performed? I mean, you performed well in that game, but how, how do you feel like you performed in really your first significant time uh, with with the uh, team this year? Um, I feel like I performed pretty good. Still got some stuff, you know, I need to tighten up and stuff. But for me, just being out there, that little sudden change, I had to go out there. I feel like I pre- played pretty good. Cam Curl, seventh-round draft pick. Out of Arkansas by the Washington football team in this year's draft. He's going to get the start against the Giants. He joins us here on Box to Row. What does it mean? What does it mean to you uh, to be able to get this first start, your first career start in the National Football League on Sunday? Um, It means a lot. 
you know, it's, it was a dream just to get drafted to the league, you know what I'm saying? And now to get my first start, it's an even bigger dream. So I'm just looking to go out there and take advantage, make most of the opportunity. Because of the COVID in the offseason, you didn't get a whole lot of, uh, well, not just you, but the team itself didn't get a whole lot of, a whole lot of work or as much work, I should say, as you would have gotten um, otherwise. But you got enough. Like, you impressed this coaching staff. Um, so c- can you talk about that, the offseason and the preparation? It's different than any offseason you've ever had football-wise in your career. Yeah, it was a it was a crazy offseason, you know, because we ain't – like the first time I came up to see the facility was the day we had to report for training camp. So I didn't get those uh, OTAs and nothing like that. Bring. So it was it was a little different, but doing the Zoom calls and stuff, we still had to build relationships with the players and the coaches. So when we all got into the building, it wasn't just too uh, – it was still familiar. It wasn't too foreign to us, you know, just seeing different faces. Yeah, no question. So what what was sort of this uh, bye week like uh, for the team in terms of your preparation? I mean, it's always good to get a win, but it's especially good to get a win against the Cowboys if you're the Washington football team. And then going into that bye week, I mean, it had to be extra special. So what was the sort of the emphasis placed on during the bye week? Um, it was just take care of our bodies. Take our body, take our mind, you know what I'm saying? Because we still got a whole nother half of uh, the season left, and we right sort of in the middle where we want to be, fighting for the division. So just get everybody's minds back on track so we can come out harder just in the next half of the season. Cam Curl, starting safety for the Washington football team, joins us here on the program. You know, interestingly enough, uh, Ron Rivera it was formerly the head coach uh, in Carolina where Eric Reed played. And, uh, you know, there was some talk of the Washington football team signing Eric Reed. Ultimately, at least as it was reported, uh, Coach Rivera said, told Eric Reed, hey, we can sign you but to the, the practice squad because we're going to give Cam Curl this opportunity. He's des- He deserves it. He's earned it. What does that mean to you? Um, I mean, it means a lot, you know, with uh, Coach Rivera saying deserve to start and stuff like that, you know, and I just got to uh, prove myself, you know, prove them right because they're putting, they're putting their trust in me, you know, especially to bring – I understand them wanting to bring uh, Reed in for some experience, you know, that veteran leadership, but still trying to give me the start. It just show a lot of how much they trust they got in me. Yeah. What, what have you learned from some of the veterans? I mean, this is a young team, but, I mean, Landon Collins – you know, really a second year with the Washington football team, but he's a guy that's been in the league for quite some time. So what have you learned from a guy like him and some of the other veterans on this team? Um, Just learning how to get, uh, you know, more adjusted to the NFL because it's a different level of football. So I feel like just the whole DB room, since I'm the youngest in there, they really just took me up under their wing. Everybody had a part in teaching me some, you know, how to be more of a professional and stuff like that. What is that like? Cam, you're 21 years old, man. Like, you know, you're getting ready to get your first start. That's crazy. A seventh-round pick, no question. Like, what's going What's going through your mind right now as the lead-up to making your first start against the Giants on Sunday? Um, It's just, like I said, taking advantage of the opportunity. You know, I'm going to go play my game and 
just do as much as I can to help get this W. A couple of more thoughts with Cam Curl, starting safety for the Washington football team who joins us here on the program. How have you grown as the season has progressed? Um, I feel like I've grown a lot, you know, not just like on the field and off the field, just being a professional, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, learning more like what the offense is looking for, like learning certain offenses about playing against them. So I feel like I've learned a lot. Uh, so how do you now? So you're are you from now? I think I saw where you were born in San Diego, but would you grow up in Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah, I had moved to Oklahoma in middle school. Okay, and so what led you? I mean, I I mean, I know you were a good football player in high school. Like, did 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 the did the state school not offer you? Did you shun them? How did you end up in Arkansas? Um, I mean, OU offered me, but they offered me kind of late. But uh, OSU didn't offer me at all, so they is they don't really be looking in their backyard for the time. So and then I just wanted to play in the SEC. I feel like that's where the the best football is played. So I had a choice between Arkansas and Ole Miss, and then I had one of my Arkansas visit, and it just felt like home. Yeah. Last thought. Uh, your thoughts uh, on you know what are some of the challenges? Obviously, this was a close football game uh, when these two teams met a couple of weeks ago. Uh, came down in essence to a two-point conversion. What do you feel like uh, this team has to do yourself, and then more specifically the defense, to get the W this time against the Giants in Washington? Um, I feel like we got to come out fast. You know what I'm saying? We can't come out slow, and then have to fight from behind. So we got to come out fast, and then just keep our foot in the pedal. You know, don't look back. Don't take any drives or anything off because they like they beat us last time so they're good enough to beat us so I feel like we got to come out harder and just play hard for the whole game yeah what are some of the challenges that the the offense their offense presents um they got a good quarterback you know uh he can throw it and he can run a little bit you know I seen him hit that uh what was that 21 miles per hour uh that one game so I feel like we got to uh control him and then they had got Sterling Shepard back. So if we just limit, uh, limit the big plays to no big plays at all, I feel like we come out with Cam Curl, again, in his first season in the National Football League with the Washington football team, seventh-round draft pick out of Arkansas, going to make his first start at safety for the Washington football team, joins us here on Box to Row. Cam, appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Washington football team this uh, Sunday and moving forward. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, Cam. I certainly am going to be watching to see what Cam Curl and the Washington football team does, and I think Cam Curl will be fine, especially to get him as a seventh-round draft pick. Ron Rivera has all the confidence in the world in him, again, not to sign Eric Reed. In fact, allow for Curl and some other guys to be able to play, I think, speaks volumes. Got to get ready to run here on Box to Row. Listen, so much is going on next week. Like, wouldn't be fair if we didn't talk about what's going on in the presidential race. We're going to talk about it next week on the program. Wanted to give you a little bit of a break from that, but we'll talk about it a little bit on next week's 
program. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Cam Curl for joining us on the program. Also to Will Jones for joining us today. Also here on From the Press Box to Press Row. For more information on the program, log on to our website at box2row.com. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. Experience.